we thank you tonight that your name is above every name. We thank you, Jesus, like Faye said, as we lift your name up, as we praise you as your people, you inhabit our praises. We thank you for the loving care that we receive from you. There's not a detail about our lives that we ever have to be anxious over or worried about because, Lord, your love covers it all. Our future is set. Our course is clear. And even though sometimes circumstance comes along and tries to manhandle us and push us about, in all kinds of different directions, we thank you for your sovereignty, your grace, that every step, every stop is ordered by you. And for that, we are truly thankful to be your people, to be under the covering of your grace, your love, and your blessing. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you just take a moment just to say thank you. We've been doing that in the songs that we've sung. But lift your voice up. We're believers here. We're the, the people of God. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that you cleanse us from every sin so that we can stand faultless in your presence. Thank you. We don't have to ever be ashamed. We don't have to look over our shoulder. You're so good to us and we love you, Jesus. We praise your wonderful name. Lord Jesus, you sing songs of deliverance over your people and we sing those songs back to you. You shout praises, you rejoice over us and we rejoice in response to all of the wonderful responses that you've given to us, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Fantastic. You can be seated. Why don't you say hello to the person who's next to you? This is great. What a great night. Fantastic. Well, the title of my message tonight, like Faye said, is Stepping Out of Stuck or Step Out of Stuck. Now, looking at all of you tonight, I know that none of you have ever been stuck. I have a couple of times. But um, do you know what? When When you think about life, when you look over life, have you ever been stuck? Have you ever? Oh, yes. Have you ever had a problem or a situation in your life that seems unsolvable? That seems bigger than you? That, that really kind of reduces you down to feeling as if you're nothing. That you're unable to respond to the pressures that are around you. We all have in various ways. And when I was thinking about this message this evening, you know, my mind went back to a time when I was in junior school. And, um, you know, especially in the summer, every night after school, my friend and myself would go down to the local building site to play. 
That's where we played. Me and Stephen, our favorite playground was the local building site. Other kids went to the park. You know, other kids watch TV. Me and Steve, we just headed down to the building site. Absolutely loved it. Because it was an adventure to us. You know, we'd be climbing up the scaffolding like monkeys. You know, running across the roofs. Running in and out of the buildings that were not completed through the windows. Over the joists that didn't have any floorboards on them. It was exciting exhilarating we absolutely loved it and you know there was this swamp behind the building site that was equally as exciting as the building site itself and uh, you know when we got bored with running up and down the scaffolding and over the roofs we would go to the swamp and we would see how far we could get into the swamp before getting stuck and you know, I don't know if you've ever done this. I don't know if you've ever walked in a swamp. I mean, it's, it's a messy place. And we'd go out and, you know, we'd, 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 you know you'd, you'd put two feet in, take two steps in, and suddenly you'd have to back out because you'd realize that you were quickly sinking in that place that was so unstable. Well, this one day, man, I just added on me. I was excited. Me and Steve, we were there. I said, Steve, I'm going for it tonight in the swamp, mate. He said, what do you mean? I said, mate, I'm going to go out as far as I can in that swamp. And he's like, are you serious? I used to call me Eddie, right? Are you serious, Eddie? He said, you I said, mate, I said, I'm going out in that swamp tonight. I said, I'm having a go. I said, I'll show you. And, you know, you get into daring each other, don't you? And you're showing off. And there's a couple of us, you know, a couple of boys. And, you know, we're all daring each other. All of a sudden, out I go. One step, two step, three step, four step. Five steps in, man. I just start sinking like crazy. I'm up to my knees, right? And then I'm, tr I'm panicking. Because all of a sudden, this is, you know, this is like sinking sand. Or it felt like it. And then I'm starting to move. Suddenly, I'm up to my waist. My God, I'm not showing off now. And all the boys are on the sideline laughing. Oh, look at Eddie. He's stuck in the swamp. He can't get out. And, uh, you know, I'm really panicking now. And Steve can see it. And he can see the fear on my face. And he's thinking, my goodness, what? And older boys there and they say, you know, they're just literally mocking me because now I'm stuck in the swamp and I've come with all this bravado and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And suddenly my pride and my arrogance quickly turned to humility. Help me, Steve! Because I'm stuck in the swamp and I can't do anything about it. All of a sudden, Steve grabs this old tattered bit of rope and he throws it into the swamp, I grab hold of it, and he starts to pull on this rope. But I, my legs are stuck, man, fast. I can't move, and I'm tr trying to move each leg. And slowly, over time, and it was over time, I managed to get out of that swamp, really humiliated with all of the boys laughing. And I had to walk home, you know, the mile of shame, all the way home, absolutely stinking smell, the smell of it, right? And then, you know, the, the, the whole thing of walking into the house and, you know, my mum seeing it and, you know, telling me off and, you know, telling me to go to bed and, you know, being sent to my room for a week, all of that stuff, all because, you know, I, I did what I thought 
I could do, and it got me into trouble. I stepped into a place that I shouldn't have stepped into, and I made a mess. But I say all of that because very often my life has gone back, my, my mind has gone back to that incident in my life. And I realize that, you know, sometimes in life, we can get stuck in a swamp. We can, we can get stuck by the steps that we take. And sometimes it's very difficult to find any kind of order. It's very difficult for us to find any way out of what we're stuck in. And that simple picture and incident in my life has come back to me on lots of different occasions where it seemed as if my life has been stuck in situations that are bigger than me. For instance, you know, over the last number of years, and I'm just going to be honest with you tonight because I, I want, I know there's people here and it may not be a lot of people. It may be just a few people. But this is, this is going to help you. For a number of years, I've really felt stuck in a place where I've been cornered by anxiety. Cornered by fear. Stuck. Cornered. Unable to step out of it. And, you know, you try all of the methods... You try this and you try that and you, you get up bright and you think this is going to be a happy day and I'm going to bring it all in. And by the end of the day, again, you just feel as if you're, 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 your feet are locked into this swamp and you just can't step out of it. And days go into weeks and weeks go into months and it's really hard. And I'm, I, you know, I, I, I tell Faye and Faye will help me and, and encourage me. But cornered by this anxiety, this, this um, I, I talked about it a few weeks ago, this, this despairing emptiness, this swamp. And, you know, part of your, part of your mind and your soul is saying, this is not right. This is not God. This is not what's been provided for me. This is not the message that is given to me from the word of God. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. But cornered by life in a swamp, unable to kind of move and progress and grow and be everything that God has created you to be. And I felt in that place for quite some time, until recently. So one morning, right, I'm on my little bike, on the way, because he always talks to me on the bike, right? You know, some people he talks to in the study when they're praying, he talks to me when I'm on my bike. Usually when I'm passing Cumbran Stadium. Well, I'm on my bike this, I don't know if it's one, I don't know if it's a Monday morning or a Tuesday morning. And, um, you know, when you're stuck in a swamp, and I'm talking now about circumstantial swamps. And, and swamps that are created by the enemy. Maybe it's fear, maybe it's depression, maybe it's loneliness, maybe it's a heavy heart. 
apathy. All of these things, right? When you're, when you're stuck in that swamp and you can't get out, do you know the only thing that enables you to step out of it, to step out of that place that you're stuck in, is a word from God. It really is. And he gave me a word. He gave me a word. He spoke to me. Passing Cumbrand Stadium on the bike. And suddenly, just very quietly, I felt the Holy Spirit say this to me. Now, and he showed me a picture. He showed me a picture, right? This is so simple. It's so easy to miss it. But it's become a real point of freedom for me, personally, where I've been able to step out of what I was stuck in. He showed me a staircase, right? Very simple picture, a staircase. And then he said this. He said, Dave, everything in me is a step up. Now, step up. That's what he said. Step up. And that was it. When God... I believe when the Holy Spirit said that to me, right, in my heart, he planted a seed. And it began to unpack itself and live in me. And God began to, that word began to challenge me to step up and step out of what I was stuck in. To not accept it anymore. And it was as if now I had the green light. This was in January, right? Beginning of the year. Step up. Step out. And suddenly, as I did... Now, when you, when, you, when you take a step out of what you're stuck in, whether it's fear, whether it's loneliness, whether it's d disillusionment, depression, we could go through a list, right? You could go through. When you take... It's so hard to take that step up. I knew he was talking to me. Simple, simple language that I can understand. And, and I told Faye about it. And I, and I thought, I've got to step up here. He said, with me, son, it's always a step up. It's never a step down. You don't have to step down anymore. You can step up. And I thought, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Whatever this looks like for me personally, I am going to give it my best best shot. Do you know? Do you know what? I'm telling you now, right? It's, right? Honestly. You know, these things have got to be tested over time. But I've, I have sensed a change inside. That heavy heart. That place of anxiety. That that um, that emptiness, that disillusionment, that, that fear, you stepped up out of it. And that life of Christ in your spirit is the most eminent thing, the most present thing. Not that spirit of fear, not that spirit of anxiety now, but that spirit that's from God, his Holy Spirit. Step up. Step out of 
We have not, as God's people, got to live in that place where our feet are fast, where we are, are Im- immovable, in that place where God doesn't want us to be. He wants you to step up, to step out of what you're stuck in. I really believe that that it may not apply to everybody tonight. It may apply to you in a month's time. But it may apply to somebody here tonight where, where you're at at this moment in time. Don't settle. Don't plateau on that step and think, do you know what? This is as good as it gets. That's where I was at. I'm being honest with you. And I've got no problem being honest with you. Do you know why? Because I want to help you. I want you to be everything that God's created you to be, whether, whether you're a young person, whether you're an older person. Don't just settle to, to, to be on that, that step and think, oh, do you know what? This is as good as it gets in my Christian life. This is the plateau that I've got to accept. No, there's more for every single one of us. There really is. There really is more peace, more freedom, more joy, more fulfillment. We haven't got to get up, you know, with a heavy head, emotionally low, downcast. We've got, a, we've, we've got the right to get up strong, not arrogant or proud, but we've got every right to have wellness in our soul. My goodness, if, if the, the people that should be well, the people that should be the happiest people in all of the earth, shouldn't it be the people of God? It really should. But it's not easy because we've got a real enemy. We've got a real enemy and he wants your life to plateau. He wants you to stay in stuck. He doesn't want you to step out of. And I'm talking from personal experience. I know, as you know. Sometimes we can get stuck in circumstances that we create. Other times we get stuck in circumstances that others create. That we can't control that's beyond our control and our choices. Sometimes we can get stuck in the way that we think. I know about that. I know the ruts and the patterns of my mind. But I tell you now, God doesn't want me to be stuck in the way that I think and in the ruts and the patterns of my mind and and the old ways in which it thinks. God wants my mind to be renewed, my life to be transformed. What's that? Stepping out of that stuck place that I've been in. Transformed in my life. Sometimes we can be stuck in who we've become. But the wonderful thing about being a follower of Jesus, I tell you something now, is that, you know, he doesn't leave us as we are. Thank God we're not what we were. And he doesn't leave us as we are. We are being conformed to his image, being made after his likeness. And his likeness is wonderful and glorious. And beyond imagination. Do you know God will do for each and every one of us exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. It says to those who believe. That's how you make that step. Believe. He will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. He really will. 
So don't settle for that plateau on that step of life that you might have become comfortable on. No. Let him fill your imagination and your mind afresh with new things, new alternatives, new expectations. Why not? Why not? Whether it's a, a, a career, a new job, whether it's new relationships and friendships, new opportunities, God's favor on us as his people. Who knows what he will do and can do through us. Let's not plateau. Let's never settle. Let's never just, you know, think this is all that we're going to get. A mentality that's poor. No. Let's allow God to be everything he wants to be in our lives. Amen. Amen. So I'm learning this as you're learning this. Now, when we look in the Bible, this is what encourages me. It's a very honest book, okay? And in some respects, the, the Bible is a catalog of many, many people's lives who were stuck. That's why I love reading it. There's loads of people in there that are stuck or were stuck. And God comes to them at various points in their lives and challenges them to step forward. And even just the one step that he challenges them to take, to step out of that place where they're stuck, even just that one simple step requires a huge amount of faith and commitment. But as they take the step, this is the testimony that we find on many occasions within the word of God, in people's lives, as they take that simple faith of, uh, simple step of faith and trust in God, wonderful things take place. I'm going to read to you in a minute from Mark chapter 5. And Mark chapter 5 is a commentary about people. You read Mark chapter 5 and you'll see various people in that chapter, and it's a, it's a picture of people who are well and truly stuck. Stuck in circumstances that they can't change. Faced with crises that they can't remove. Stuck with problems. Stuck with life situations. And it's an honest picture. And when you remove Jesus out of the picture, there's no hope. You re remove Jesus out of the picture and people are sinking in the sand quickly. But when Jesus comes into the picture, as we will see in Mark chapter 5, people take a step towards him, wonderful transformation and change takes place and miracles happen. Miracles still happen. And this is just a simple message to point our minds to the fact to have an open expectation that God can do anything and wants to do so much for each and every one of us. Mark chapter 5, we're going to look at just one person that was really stuck. A woman who was stuck emotionally, relationally, circumstantially, unable to move positively forward into her future. The woman had an issue of blood. You've probably read this story 
before this testimony, but we're going to approach it from a different angle tonight and maybe see just a few things about her life that helps us and gives us hope. She was unable to move positively forward into her future. She was stuck. She'd taken steps to change her life. And yet the steps that she'd taken was in all of the wrong places and in the wrong direction. It was as if her life was on pause. The problem was bigger than she could solve. The, f- the frame of her life was frozen. Nothing was happening. And then Jesus turns up. Mark chapter 5, let me read it to you. This woman had an issue of blood. Mark chapter 5, verse 25 to 34. Now a certain woman had a flow or an issue of blood for 12 years. That's stuck. That's really stuck. And suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched the hem of his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitudes thronging you? And you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed. Now there's, in, in, in one of the other Gospels, there's the same account that Mark tells us of, of this woman. And in one of the other Gospels, it talks about how this woman, when she heard about Jesus, Mark doesn't give us this information, but one of the other Gospels gives us this information. I think it's Luke. When she heard about Jesus, it says this, she kept saying to herself, if I may but just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Okay? She kept saying to herself, if I may but just touch the hem of his garment, I, may be, may, I, I will be made whole. She's in the swamp. She's stuck. She hears about Jesus. Whilst in the swamp, stuck, she just keeps saying to herself, if I may but just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. She just kept saying to herself, if I may but just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. It seemed ridiculous. It seemed impossible. 
it probably railed against her mind, her imagination and her past experience. But she'd heard about Jesus and she kept saying to herself, in the swamp where she was stuck for 12 whole years, growing worse, if I may but just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Nothing had happened up until that point, but she just kept saying to herself, you see. And faith started to build. Hope started to be restored. And the frame of reference and the the picture of her future started to build. Let me give you five things about this woman's condition that really describes how stuck she was. Firstly, she was physically isolated. Physically isolated isolated, unable to leave her home. She was a prisoner. The law said that she could not go out in public because of the issue of blood. She was ceremonially unclean. She wasn't allowed to leave that place. Her home was her prison. And if she were to step outside of her door, under the law, she would have to be punished By stoning. So this woman is in an awful predicament because she can't go anywhere. She can't find any kind of resolve for her future outside of the restrictions and the limits of her home because she was under the law. Not only that, she was medically untreatable. We've read, the Bible says... That she suffered under the hands of many doctors. She suffered under the hands of many physicians. What does that mean? Well, every doctor just used her as an experiment. Well, let's try this on you. And she would hear about a cure. She would hear about a so-called answer. And she would visit the physician and of course, she would have to pay the physician for his, exp- or for his so-called expertise. He would practice an experiment on her. And year after year after year, as she went to each physician and paid money, the Bible says she grew worse. You know, sometimes when, when you're in that swamp, when you're in that predicament, when fear's all around you, when you're, when you're constantly in an environment where you feel like anxiety is breathing down your neck, you run to this person, you run to that person, you check Google, you, you look on YouTube, you go on Instagram, Facebook, you, you're trying to pull it all out of the bag and you just grow worse. Sorry for spitting. Right? You just grow worse. You grow worse. And we've all been there. Of course we have. I certainly have anyway. Looking for the answers. Where, where's the answer? And you try this experiment and you try that experiment and you, 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 you try and pull on this advice and that advice and maybe this will work and these seven keys and five steps here and all of a sudden your hope is dashed and your heart is disappointed and you're left even worse, sicker than when you began. 
physically isolated, medically untreatable. You know, in her condition, if she had have been married, her husband would have probably divorced her. And Jewish commentators suggest that that would have, been, that would have happened and did happen when this kind of situation occurred because, you see, when she, when she came into contact with anybody close, they would be condemned and unclean themselves. So she had to be completely isolated from everybody because of the condition that she carried in her body. Physically isolated, medically untreatable, emotionally empty. Just imagine that. An undescribable emptiness. Have you ever felt that? I felt it. Don't even know why it's there. But it's not from God. But God allows it. God uses it. He does. He uses it. Emotionally empty, alone, isolated. Nobody wanted to be with her. And if they did... Legally, they couldn't go near her. She was on the fringes of everything. And she, she lived like a beggar. You see, she couldn't go out like everybody else into the marketplace and, and gather her produce for her life. She had to rely on what people threw to her, the scraps that people threw. She was like a leper. Emotionally empty, she was also re rejected by religion. The one thing that might give her hope, maybe there is a God in heaven that is kind. Maybe there is a God in heaven that would look down on me and help me. But the message of religion rejected her. You're an outcast. You're unclean. There must be some kind of sin that you've committed in order for this condition to be in your body. Reject. Reject. You know, there's people all around us that think that God rejects them. Religion would tell them that God rejects them. When the opposite is true, God loves us and he cares for us. And then finally, Finally, we see that she was financially bankrupt. Financially bankrupt. This lady was so anxious to change. This lady was so anxious to step out of her swamp that she used all of her finances to find the answer. And as we've read, it says, she grew worse and lost everything that she had, that's a swamp. But then she heard about Jesus. She heard about Jesus. And she kept saying to herself, if I may but just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. The day came when Jesus was passing by and this lady made a decision as we've read to step into the crowd. And whilst there was a multitude of people, a mass 
of people around Jesus. She took hold of the edge of his garment, representing, many have said, his finished work. The edge of the robe was the last part of the garment to be completed, symbolically picturing the completion and the finishing work of Christ on the cross. She took hold of his garment and suddenly she was made whole. Do you know what Jesus said when he turned around? He said this. He didn't say, outcast, you belong in the swamp. He said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. She steps out of the swamp. She's clean, brand new, okay, to go on and live a life again. No longer impure, no longer full of shame, no longer looking over her shoulder, wondering where the criticism's going to come from. Now, brand new, walking in her destiny, having stepped out of the swamp into a brand new life, a brand new beginning that Jesus had given her. I wonder tonight, I'm going to ask the musicians to come. We're going to close the service in a moment. I wonder tonight. Maybe you felt like you've been in that swamp just like I've been in it. And it's so hard to step out of it. And no matter what you've tried... No matter where you've gone, no matter what you've done to try and alleviate the pressure or remove that environment of anxiousness, whatever it is, you feel tight, you feel wound up inside and you can't release yourself from it. I wonder, I wonder. Tonight, if you're going to take that step out of it, this word, I believe, is certainly for me. And I was so encouraged when the Holy Spirit... Sh Initially, I wasn't actually. I was thinking, <laughs> I don't know if I can step up. I'm serious. I don't know, Lord. But he just left it with me. Just left it with me. Come on. You can do it. Okay, I'll do it. And I tell you, you take that step and suddenly something shifts. You can't, I can't even describe it. I can't put words to it. But something changes within. It really does. Just like it did for that woman. You see, her issue was blood. Her issue was blood. My issue was anxiety. What's your issue? If I may but just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made, not well, whole, whole.
There's a difference between being well and being made whole. Complete restoration, brand new. Wholeness, wholeness. And tonight, I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up. I'm not going to ask you to, to do anything publicly. Not about that. This is a hard thing. And maybe tonight you know what that issue is. For her, it was 12 years. 12 years. For me, I reckon, well, I worked it out. I reckon it's been at least five. That's a long time. A long time to be on that plateau of anxiety, worry, fear. And I'm just saying that to you to help you. And I tell you, when you're in that environment, you just got to crack on and just keep doing what you're doing. You can't bow down to it or give in to it, but you just keep waiting. You just keep waiting. If I'm up to just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. And for the last five years, I've just been saying, God, I'm trusting you. God, I'm just going to keep doing this and I'm going to keep going. And then suddenly he comes by and he shows you what's available. Come on then, step up. You see? So for her, it was 12 years. For me, it was five. And there'll be periods in the future because God uses this to help us to grow so we've got to understand that and we do but what's your issue and maybe there's not an issue that's fantastic I hope there's not I wouldn't wish it on anybody but maybe there is before we sing I'm going to pray right and you just you just say do you know what? Pastor Ray, I'm telling you now, right? Pastor Ray said something last week. And I can't remember exactly what he said, right? But something happened again in me, right? And he, 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 he was talking about rivers and canals. Do you remember that bit? And he said, he said, rivers of living water, right? On the Monday, right? I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Name your river. I thought, what? He said, name your river. He said, what river do you want to come out of your life today? I said, joy. That'd, that'd be good. I'm telling you, man. I felt, like it's not about feelings, but it is, right? I need it. I need experience, good experiences. Do you know what? I felt uplifted that day. I felt washed by that river coming out of me. Name your river. What is it? What is the issue? That flow that's leaving your body that's negative. Name the river that you want to come out of your, out of your life. That, that brightness, that, that fruitfulness, that flourishing, that joy, that strength, that confidence. Name it. Right now, we're going to pray. And we're going to believe that you're going to step, like I did, you're going to step out of what you've been stuck in. Or you've been serving God, you've not, you know, you've not been disobeying God, but it's an area of your life where your feet are fast. Area of your life where you feel, oh my goodness, I can't move forward, I've tried everything. You get the message, I've, I've tried to 
you know, really go over this to make it clear. And right now, I believe that the Holy Spirit is just going to help us like he helped me. Everything in life is a step up and you're going to step up and step out of what you've been stuck in. Lord, I thank you for your precious people. Lord, I pray. Lord, if anybody is here tonight and they've got an issue, they've got an issue just like that woman had an issue and it caused her shame, it caused her pain, it caused her embarrassment, it caused her all kinds of isolation and fear. Lord, we bring our issues to you, Jesus. And you say, you say, cast your issue, cast your burden on me because I care for you. Lord, I just pray right now, as we name these issues quietly in our heart, you already know what they are anyway. Lord, as we name them, I pray that you'd set us free from them. As we name them, I pray, Lord, that we would reach out like that woman did and touch the hem of your garment and your virtuous power would go into our lives, our needy souls, and heal us, set us free, deliver us so that we can step up and step out of what we've been stuck in and go forward with you into all of the wonderful blessings that you have for us right now, quietly, quietly just say what it is if it's fear say Lord heal me of the issue of fear it whatever it is it doesn't matter what it is don't be afraid to tell him he already knows you know what it is just tell him give it to him reach out and touch that hem of his garment and the power of God will go into operation and set you free Father we thank you we thank you for it. Thank you. In Jesus' name. You love us, oh God. You love your people. You love, you love us. Not with a hot and cold love. Not with a love that's on sometimes and off other times. You love us unconditionally, Lord. And you want our souls to be well, whole, healed, strong, confident, blessed, flourishing, fruitful, joyful. In Jesus' name, I pray it over your people. And Lord, as we go from this place, I pray every single day, Lord. We know it's not going to be problem free. But the problems will not be on the inside of us. There will be a strength and a life and a wholeness within us to handle any circumstance that's without us. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you...